You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Hey, I want to start a little different today. Right in front of you, uh, in the pew in front of you, there is a card in... uh, in the uh, little folder thing there. Would you grab that card this morning? Everybody got that card? Can you show me that card? So at least I know they're out there. Yeah. You know, Lima community has such a rich history um, and such a uh, vibrant DNA. And a part of that DNA has been what we've called through the years, well, I know it's been called a lot of different things, but now it's called the next campaign. So I get here six weeks ago. (laughs) And we're starting to map out, you know, what the end of this year looks like. I'm already mapping out next year. And as I had conversations, I realized November is the time that we have always done the next campaign. I got to be honest, I'm absolutely terrified by that. I'm six weeks in, I'm the new guy, and you want me to stand up there and talk about and ask for money. What are they going to think about me? Who is this guy? Is he, uh, he put on a face for six weeks and then all of a sudden he shows the real side? We're going to lock the doors and crank up the heat. (laughs) And we're not going to let you leave until you put a number down. I first was like, there's no way I'm doing that, Brad. The more I got to thinking about it, you know, who we are, our DNA is important. And regardless of whoever's leading, who we are as a church remains constant. And the more I've got to thinking about this campaign that we do, the more I just felt like, no, this is who we are. And they'll learn soon enough that I'm not the guy who's going to stand up here and I'm not going to belabor money. I'm not going to talk about money. I'll tell you what my approach with with money is. I've learned along the way that um, if if I will focus and we will focus on the why and the mission and the kingdom, the Holy Spirit does amazing things in all of our hearts. And as he changes our hearts, part of that transformation of our heart affects how we steward our resources. Amen? And like my whole, my whole, diet, my whole paradigm of life as I've walked with the Lord has changed and how I understand what he has blessed me with has changed and how I understand uh, what he then wants me to do and steward the resources he has given me. They're his anyway. I'm just a steward. I don't own anything. 
of the hundreds of funerals that I've ever done, guess what? No one has ever taken a thing with them. Amen? The only thing that left was their soul. Everything else stayed. And so I do want you to know, I'm I'm anxious this morning that you don't think that all of a sudden, like, uh, I'm switching personalities. And like, all of a sudden, we're gonna like, you know, go at you really hard. But I wanna remind you over these next three weeks, we're gonna take some time and we're gonna, every Sunday, we're gonna remind you of what this is about. And we're gonna ask you to prayerfully consider and open your heart to what maybe the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do. Because this place has been an amazing place. This place has been proactive instead of reactive through the years. This place has been forward thinking and not stagnant. And I don't know about you, but I don't intend for that to change, amen? And part of that is always understanding that we should put ourselves in a position to be ready to do the ministry that God has for us, has planned for us. You know, next, if you're new this morning and you have no idea what I'm talking about, next is this annual capital campaign that allows us to raise funds to handle capital needs so that operational dollars can be freed up for ministry. We have 175 acres of property. We have 200, over 200,000 square feet under roof. And honestly, all of it has been built, designed to do one thing to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and see his kingdom come. And we want to do that with what he has given to us. You know, we are, we are understanding that the church is it's much bigger than a building. Amen? But we also understand that it's through the use of functional buildings that we can gather, that we can do ministry, that we can pour into each other's lives, that we can become a hub, so to speak, for ministry into this community. And we want to put ourselves in a position where we can do that in the most effective way. You've seen some of the things that we've done even this last year. How many of you appreciate the new lobby? Yeah. Yeah, I remember walking in last year. Well, I'm not gonna tell you what I thought when I walked in last year. But one of the things that hit me as an outsider was, oh, we need, to, we need to do something about that, right? And before I even got here, bang, it had already happened. And so we're looking forward even this year to just to continue to honor the Lord and how we present ourselves to our community, to how we honor the Lord and in the buildings that we use and the facilities that we have. You know, honestly, if you look through the Old Testament, I think the Lord actually did care about what his temple looked like, didn't he? Have you ever read through the Pentateuch and the Lord was like, I want it to look like this and I want this to be here. And it was all about a statement to the glory of God. 
And we continue that even in the new, in the new kingdom where we, we're, we're, not as, we're, we're not as intent on trying to build these, these huge ornate things, but we want to do things that are attractional and functional and effective in nature. And so we're simply asking you to consider maybe the Lord wants you to give to help us to continue this year uh, we've already got our designs on uh, signage all throughout our outside of our campus. Uh, we need new signs. We need better signs. Uh, we have server systems that are really outdated. We need to update technology. We have things in the access that need to be done. We're already trying to do our part of being responsible and understanding what is needed to be fixed, what is needed to be updated, and we're just asking you to prayerfully consider what that might mean in your life and how the Lord might want to use you in this way. All right. I'm done with that. No, not really. But as I thought about... (laughs) As I thought about this, I wanted to continue to talk about what is my role these three weeks to remind you of why it matters to be invested. You know, we can choose to use our resources on so many things. We're always, we should be asking ourselves is, do the things that we spend our resources on, do they matter? Is the return on investment in my life going to stop when I die or is it going to live on beyond my own life and influence? And so this, this, this month and these three weeks, I have been particularly drawn to the book of Acts because as we think about what God wants to do next in our, in our churches, this chapter, I can't help but be reminded that Acts' 28 chapters provide the blueprint for what will become our next chapter. It's the next chapter of, of Lima community that should mimic the 28 chapters that are in the book of Acts. Actually, the game plan for success has been laid out. If you're new this morning or if you're unfamiliar with the scriptures or you just need to be reminded, the book of Acts tells us how the Christian movement came into being. Acts is this transitional book as it serves as a bridge from the gospels as we understand the life of Christ, how it was lives out, and the epistles as there is the articulation of how the gospel should look in our life, the instruction of what it means to then follow the life of Jesus. It's this historical book that links the life of Christ with the growth of the church. Acts reveals God's passionate pursuit of his people, beginning with his followers in Jerusalem, expanding to Samaria, and then to the rest of the world. In fact, it begins with a few people in an upper room in Jerusalem, a little sect, a blip uh, in the scope of the world at that time, a nothing, and it finishes with Paul in Rome saying this, that he was proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. It's a book that shows us the gospel draws people in. It constitutes them as the church centered on the grace of Jesus and then sends them out in mission to the world. 
It's a book that shows us a group of people marked by the Holy Spirit who create such a distinctive community that others are drawn in experiencing God's grace. At the same time, they take this gospel message that they are experience, have experienced in our experience and they begin to look outward to new people, to new lands, making God's grace known to the ends of the earth. What's amazing about the book of Acts is that this gospel, this church expands not necessarily through human strength, but actually expands in the face of weakness, opposition, and even persecution. Demonic forces, worldly power and authority, governmental opposition, language and cultural barriers, intense suffering and bloody persecution, unjust imprisonment, unbelief, internal disunity, and even shipwrecks all threaten to slow down the gospel's advance to no avail. Actually, the opposition and suffering that this that this church of Jesus Christ faces in the book of Acts does not stop the spread of Jesus' grace. It actually only fuels it. Remember the words of Jesus when he said this, as he is about ready to leave this earth, go back to, the, to heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's then in the book of Acts that after he has said these things and he has ascended to the Father, that he then uh, tells his followers to wait in Jerusalem. And he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's this promise in Acts chapter one and verse eight that begins to provide the structure for the whole book of Acts. And what I want to communicate to you is three things from that, that kind of rise to the surface from the book of Acts. Three things that the early church was about. Three things that it doesn't change even in what is our chapter in the life of, of the church of Jesus Christ. In our little section or our little corner of his church, these three things still remain true and constant. If we will allow ourselves to be about these three things then we will continue what started in Acts and continues on to the Lord Jesus Christ himself coming back. And it's these three things each week, I wanna talk about one of these things to remind us why it matters, why it matters for you to be invested in what we're doing here, why it matters for what goes on on this corner of Cole and Diller, why it is the greatest thing going on in all of the world. Do you feel that way when you come in on Sunday mornings? Come on, be honest with me. If you're like me, sometimes you're like, it's the last thing you're thinking about. 
thinking about everything else, to realize that what happens on this corner is the light that this dark world desperately needs. And this is a needed place in this community. Without this place, our community should, it would only suffer and go further into darkness. And I want to remind you, what are some of those things that the early church was about that we should continue to be about? And when we're about these things, then our investment matters. Our investment carries something that is the greatest message in the world to a, to a lost and broken community. The first thing I want you to notice as we walk through a little bit, I have this uh, interactive map. I hope this works for you. I thought this was really cool. You might not think it is, but um, watch this map as it goes through the book of Acts quickly and shows you where the gospel spread from Jerusalem. We're into Acts 7, we're into Acts 8, we're into Acts 9, we're into Acts 10. The promises wait for the Holy Spirit and then as the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And by Acts chapter 28, you can already begin to see all of the places that this gospel has spread in those 28 chapters. Guess what? We're not even in there, are we? We're, we're, our, our whole section of the world isn't even there, but the promise of God has always been faithful. And the book of Acts reminds us that if we'll be about those things that they were about, if we'll mimic the early church, we will have the same kind of power. We will have the same kind of energy. We will have the same kind of success that the early church goes from 120 people to already spreading in 28 chapters all throughout that section of the world. That in 300 years, Christianity would have been, become so common that it became even a point where the Roman Empire said, let's just make this the religion of the empire. And those are the things I want to remind you of in these three weeks. Three weeks. And so this morning, I want, to, I want you to, to think about this statement that I want to throw out from what I see happening in the book of Acts. Gospel inclusion the first word that I want to, to talk to you about in these three weeks is the word inclusion. Gospel inclusion says no one is beyond the scope of God's saving power and no one is exempt from the need of God's redeeming grace. That's red meat. Anybody say amen? That's pretty basic, isn't it? Gospel inclusion says no one is beyond the scope of God's saving power and no one is exempt from the need of God's redeeming grace. But the minute I say in our present day culture the word inclusion, how many of your antennas went up? Right? Most of you work in a world where things like diversity, equity, and inclusion are part of the training in your workforce, are they not? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Honestly, those are beautiful words. 
Honestly, those are words that the kingdom of Jesus Christ should be about. We should believe in diversity. We should believe in equity. We should believe in inclusion. Yeah, those are beautiful words. And yet, the end goal for what that means in our culture has become so messy. What that means has become distorted. It has its own agenda for people, right? And it's a struggle even for me on a Sunday morning in a church to say that the gospel should be an inclusive gospel because that means so many different things for so many different people. And yet this week as I'm thinking about what is the kingdom about, I'm like, you know what? I am not going to let our culture hijack words that we should be about. And inclusion is a major force in the book of Acts. And inclusion is what the church of Jesus Christ in 2022 in Lima, Ohio should be characterized. We should be a people of gospel inclusion. We should be a people that believes that no one is beyond the scope of God's saving power and that no one is exempt from the need of God's redeeming grace. Everyone is included in the opportunity to experience God's saving power and God's redeeming grace. And why does it matter? Because the church has been that place that is always meant to be a place that proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ, that for God so loved the world, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to remind you of this. The gospel breaks barriers and drops labels. And as I begin to read through the book of Acts, as I begin to grab a hold of, okay, so we're talking about, we're thinking about next. We're even asking people to give, to continue to help us to move forward. What does moving forward look like? Well, moving forward should look like what the book of Acts portrays, that the game plan, the success has always been the same. There hasn't been a change in game plan. I need to remind them that the church of Lima community needs to look like the book of Acts, the early church. And what is it about the early church that we can take from and say, hey, this is what they were about. This is what we need to about, be about. And it is a inclusive gospel that wholeheartedly believes that everyone, everyone is a candidate for the saving power of God and the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. And this gospel breaks and shatters the barriers and labels that this world has always tried to place on us. I mean, look at the first sermon, Acts chapter two, as I was reading through the book of Acts. I've spent a lot of time in the book of Acts. Um, I'm ready for quizzing this week. <laughs> Bring it on, quizzers. I think they're in the book of Acts, coincidentally. So any, any time, any day, any place. In the last days, God says, this is Peter preaching the first sermon. 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, and what's the next two words? And daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. It's easy for us to read right past that, right? But what is the gospel already beginning to do? What is the church at the tip of the spear doing in our world? It's breaking barriers and dropping labels. It is telling us that all are a candidate to receive God's saving power and redeeming grace. That's why Paul would say frequently in the epistles, there is neither free nor slave, Jew nor Gentile, man or woman. All are the same and candidates for God's grace. I gotta tell you, when Peter stands up and says that he's speaking into a culture where him saying those very words, it goes against that culture of that time. Uh, Women couldn't testify in court. Women weren't valued as voting citizens. Women weren't this and that. We've had a little bit of that in our own context, haven't we? What was it, 1921, before women, you could finally vote. Amen? (laughs) Guess you guys don't care about that. I thought that was pretty, right? What is the gospel doing? It's including everyone. It's breaking barriers and dropping labels. As you would read through those first six chapters in the book of Acts, you would see that not only was the gospel for for women like men, but it's for the marginalized, the poor, the suffering, those people that society would have ignored. It's the gospel through, uh, through the apostles being moved by the Holy Spirit that sees some sick and afflicted and take notice and have compassion. The rest of the world says, throw them away. They're useless. There's not productive members of society. Just let them die, so to speak. But it's the gospel. It's the kingdom of Jesus Christ that is moving toward already the poor and the more marginalized. What is it? It's inclusive in nature. It sees every person, regardless of social status, regardless of economic place, regardless of ethnicity, it doesn't matter. The gospel is for everyone. It sees everyone as a valued person that Christ himself died for. In fact, you see that the early church, as you begin to move into the, the seventh chapter of Acts is Stephen is stoned and he becomes the first martyr of the church that this brought on a major persecution to this church that was still just in Jerusalem. In verse, in verse four of chapter eight, we see that as they were persecuted, that this, this group of people, they scattered and instead of holding up and self preserving and saying, you know what? We had a good run, but I ain't up for that anymore. I'm getting out of here. They scattered and they did what? They preached the word wherever they went. 
They were absolutely convinced that the message of Jesus Christ was what this world needed. And they, they went into Judea. They went into Samaria. Can you imagine Jewish people now going to Samarian people, the people that they were crossed up with, that there was such a tension and a hatred and they, don't, they blow right past that barrier of ethnicity and they share the gospel. And all of a sudden in Samaria, people begin to come to the Lord Jesus. Then you remember Philip and the Ethiopian and, and it just keeps going like this until we actually come to this place in chapter 10 where Peter has been given this vision and he's told to go to this Gentile's house, Cornelius. And he's, he's told, and you remember this vision that Peter has of, of um, the table and him being asked to eat this meat that was unclean to him as a Jew. And you remember the outplay of that and the Lord speaking to him and directing him to the house of Cornelius. And in that, in that story, Peter comes to realize this. He says this in chapter 10, verse 34. Peter began to speak and said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. The barriers of prejudice are being knocked down by this all-inclusive gospel. I'm getting to my point here at the end. I'm just trying to lie, I'm trying to lay a logical reason, biblical reason. It's Acts chapter 11 that as this gospel keeps moving out from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you begin to read through the missionary journeys of Paul, where literally that little map that we saw, Paul is taking the gospel to the uttermost parts of that world. In fact, we read this little account in Acts 17, when Peter is in Athens, the intellectual kind of hub of the world, the, 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 the philosophical center of the world, the academic center of the world. Paul's sitting there and he's listening to what they're, they're teaching and he just can't help it, but he realizes that the inclusive gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone. And what does chapter 17, verse, verse 22 say? Paul then stood up in the meeting of these academics and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious and you worship this unknown God. But let me tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you, Acts 18 and 19 and 20 and 21, until the gospel has arrived in Rome. And through those 28 chapters, we are reminded that the gospel of Jesus Christ is always breaking barriers and dropping labels. So what does that mean for you and me? in 2022. What that means is in the next chapter of Lima Community that our hope in being successful, that the game plan for us 
is to continue to be a people who believe in the all-inclusive nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It means that we are a church that is interested in all people, regardless of social status, regardless of economic class, regardless of ethnicity or race, regardless of whatever, what, whatever other cultural tag or label has been placed, and the world is really good at this, right? If you don't realize this, go to high school for a day. Even high schoolers, they're, they're pigeonholed into jocks and goths and academics, nerds. This is what our world does, doesn't it? it you, have to get, you have to label somebody and push them into this. Look at our political scene. Anybody else tired of political ads? Oh my goodness. What our world needs it's the kingdom of Jesus Christ that's a place where you walk through the door and labels and barriers are broken and we are all the same as children of God, valued highly and so much so that Christ himself gave his very life for us. Do we wanna see the kingdom thrive here? Do we wanna see an ax kind of environment? then we need to see each and every person as one who can receive God's saving power and experience God's redeeming grace. Amen? <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing that a lot today. I'm super nervous about this sermon. I'm gonna be honest. I have had more anxiety about this week than I have in maybe years but I so badly want us to be forward thinking, to be proactive, to be a people that we say, hey, what's next? Will you join us in what's next? Will you believe in, with us in what's next? Will you continue to invest yourself of your time, your resources, and your energy because you believe in what we're about and the fact that we have the greatest thing going and Lima and the community and surrounding community needs to know and experience this through our lives, through our love, and this place becomes a place that is a hub for this kind of gospel activity. And it's inclusive. Do you come from the wrong side of the tracks? Who cares? Are you rich? Are you poor? Are you black? Are you white? Who cares? What our world desperately wants. I mean, they're trying to do this, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. They want this, and yet it's never worked for them. Why? Because they haven't realized that it all pins on Jesus Christ himself. 
And we get to be a place that models that to the world, an inclusive gospel that says, we're not the country club church. Much as I like golf, I don't wanna be the country club church. I wanna be the church that everyone who walks through those doors are my brother and sister, regardless of where they come from and where they've been and what, who they're related to. Amen. And this is the book of Acts. It shows a gospel that they did not care They did not care. They had one driving motive, God's saving power and God's redeeming grace. And it moved them, it compelled them to reach out to include slave and free, Jew and Gentile, man and woman. It compelled them to go to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And I believe that if you and I have this inclusive kind of desire in our heart to see each and every one, my neighbor and the mayor, to begin to see people everywhere the same as needing God's saving power and God's redeeming grace, that it can't help but transform who we are here and as we move out into the community. So Father, today I pray that you would remind us that the gospel draws in and then it sends us out. That the gospel is this, this inclusive message that all men can be saved. That we would be a gospeling kind of church that models that early church that changed its whole culture and its world because we believe that everybody There are no labels. There are no barriers. The only thing that matters is you realize that Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you and you can experience his redeeming grace. Help us to be a church that in all we do, in the programs that we offer, in the activity that we carry out, in in the way that we go out of this hub of gospel activity would be with this mindset that gospel is inclusive to everyone. It's calling everyone. And Lord, I can't wait to see as we experience true diversity, true equity, true inclusion of all of us being children of God saved by his redeeming blood and given new life in Jesus Christ. Make it so, I pray. I pray these things in the strong name of Jesus and ask all God's people to say, amen. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.